Trust in God and God will make your path straight and in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. It's an amazing thing, Hope. In those places and spaces where everything seems hopeless, where it seems as though there is no way forward, somehow there is a way forward. For us, as we live our lives, as we live our lives going through the trials and tribulations of our daily, of our da- of our daily routine, we live in the hope that Jesus will come for the second time and take us back. And we see that through the coming of, through Jesus' first coming, through his birth at Bethlehem. He fulfilled all, the, all these amazing prophecies and came onto, onto the earth to be with us, as we sang at the start, to be in our sadness. He knows what it means to be here on earth. He knows what it means to be one of us. He's not, Jesus is not immune to the knowledge of pain and suffering. He is not immune to the idea of knowing that there is a challenge in something that we have to do that perturbs us, that rocks us at our core. But we hope and we trust in the promise of God. As our time today is a time of introspection, over the last few weeks, the lectionary has reminded us that Jesus is coming and today we read it in the Gospel. There is no doubt in Jesus' promise that he will return. And so, we need to be ready. We need to be waiting. And how can we wait? What can we do? Well, as I looked at Isaiah, I had a few clues. There were a few things to remember as we wait. And we see in the Old Testament people waiting for the first coming. Now we wait for the second coming. First, we have to have have a strong desire for Jesus to come. Isaiah has this amazing longing desire for the Messiah to come, to restore the earth, to, to release justice into the, into the world. He has this strong, if you, as you read the words, as Ian read it, I had that strong feeling that there is this desire. So we too must desire Jesus to come. We too must be ready for Jesus to come amongst us. It's not Jesus is coming and, oh Lord, can you give me another day to sort my spirit out? Can, you, can I have another couple of hours? Because I'm just, I'm not quite there. There's a few things that I've left undone. No, as it says, the Father will decide when Jesus comes. And we need to desire that. We need to have this imagery, we need to live in the imagery, in this cosmic imagery, that when Jesus is ready, when we see all the things that Mark has promised, It is like the fig tree ready to show us fruit. As we read in Mark, we will see that the coming of Jesus doesn't come during a silent and great period. It comes when we think everything everything is upside down. He promises that Jesus will come amidst wars and famine, amidst unprecedented climate events, murders, killings and during the addictions that ruin lives and break spirits. It's not going to come at a peaceful time. It is going to come when we think everything is lost and forlorn. And so our hope in the promise of God, our hope in the promise that Jesus will be here, needs to stand firm. It needs to be a rock. 
And I encourage you to read other accounts of Christ's return, particularly Revelation, um, where it talks about whilst things are bad at the moment, the Bible promises us that before Jesus comes, they'll be far worse. And whilst Mark and Isaiah are living in this space and place, their spirits are living in this space and place, what they ask us to do is to transcend our circumstances. Not to sit in our circumstances and go, that's the best it'll be, but to know that where we are is not the end of the journey for us with God. Wherever we are, that's a comma. The full stop is Jesus. We continue our journey going up and down, enjoying some moments and feeling really rocked by others. But we continue knowing that our Lord God has conquered death. As we read in Isaiah and Mark, we are invited to understand that whatever circumstances we're in, Christ's victory over death is what we have to remember. Hope is something that believers have not because we're naive, but because we have so much evidence through the history of the Jewish people to see that the Messiah came for them, that we can do nothing but believe that it will happen for us. As a parish, as people who are renewing and refreshing and reinvigorating our desire to release God's kingdom, we too must, be, must see our places and spaces of worship as a place that allows people to transcend where they're at and come into the hope of the Lord. As we, look for, as we look further in Isaiah, we see that we don't do this as perfect people. We are not perfect. We're wounded. We're hurt. Some of us are physically injured. Some of us are spiritually injured. Some of us are emotionally. Some of us have the whole bucket of things to deal with. So God doesn't do this thinking that we are just the perfect people. He just wants us to be disciples that say, Lord, you have primacy in my life. Lord, the first, when I have a problem, the first person I'm going to turn to is you in prayer. And so we need to do this by faith. A faith that might not have the end vision 100% of the time. The elect that Mark talks about are no, not those that are perfect in themselves. The elect are those who have been convicted by the Holy Spirit and repent, repented from their ways and given primacy to, God's, to God so that they can be holy and righteous people. Mark and Isaiah both remember God's faithfulness to those who repent, to those who turn back to him. In the midst of our shortcomings and mistakes, our God remains faithful. He doesn't turn away. And he will send his angels to gather all those who are the elect, those who have repented and turned back to God from the ends of the earth, from the corners of heaven, from everywhere that you are. He will gather us. And this gathering signifies a reunion and a fulfillment of God's redemptive plan. This is what brings me hope. This is what brings hope to believers. Assuring us that no matter how imperfect we are, we are not forgotten. We are always remembered by God. 
and always challenged to change from our ways of doing things in our own power to trying to do things with God in our hearts. And in, and in order to truly embrace hope, can I suggest that we need to allow God's transformative power into our hearts, minds and souls. We cannot have this amazing hope dwell in us. We cannot have this amazing hope guide us and lead us further unless you, get, you personally give permission to God to constantly enter your heart, mind and soul. The imagery we read today speaks of God coming into our lives, shaping us, moulding us, nurturing us during all the times that we are struggling, bringing transformation and bringing renewal. In Isaiah it says, Yet, Lord, yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are the work of your hands. As we move on from our annual parish meeting last week into a new year, into this um, amazing new liturgical year, let's also allow our parish to be the clay so that the potter can make something amazing with us. We need to allow Jesus and God into everything that we do. And when we think we can make our own lives, when we think we can shape our own lives, I know with myself when I thought, oh, Rob, you know, that's great. And then I've let God in. What, what I thought was a great, all of a sudden turns into something amazing when I let God in. In my own power, yeah, I can enjoy my life. But when I allow God into every part of what I do, all of a sudden I'm watching this amazing glory come into my life and shape it in ways that I could never have imagined. So as we move forward, as we move forward through the Advent wreath and we look at hope, joy, love, peace, all the different parts that, we pre that prepare us for our Christmas Day service, we need to immerse ourselves first in the hope of Christmas and remember the cry of Isaiah for God's intervention and the release of what the image in Mark's Gospel. We need to acknowledge our need for a saviour and for the assurance of God's faithful and transformative power in our life. Christmas is not just a historical event. It is not just remembering that Jesus came on earth. Jesus came on earth as part of God's ongoing plan. And so it, Christmas becomes an ongoing invitation for us to experience the hope and renewal found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope that this Christmas season is a time of profound joy as we reflect on the incredible love of God revealed in the birth of our Saviour. Through the Gospel, Mark brings us brings hope by pointing to the certainty of Christ's return. It's not an if or, or maybe, it's a certainty, though we don't know the date and time. It is a certainty of gathering the elect, us, and those that we are finding in our parish 
as we release the kingdom who then come to us to hear more and to develop more of a relationship with God. We need to recognise the signs, and, but we need to also trust in the reliability of God's worth. And, and we must encourage each other to stay vigilant and focused on God's return. It reminds us, it reminds the parish, it reminds us individually that even in challenging times, we can find hope in the promise of God, but also have an assurance in our future because God is absolutely faithful to us. The Lord be with you.